Hey guys, welcome back to Talking Toilets. It's Alex here. We just wanted to point out, if you haven't already seen, that this episode is called The Blue Episode. We are trying to be responsible by pointing out that we deal with some darker sides of our own memories and histories and mentalities in this episode. And if you are yourself someone who goes to dark places, this might be an episode to miss out. On the other hand, it does have some fun bits and we are, at the end of the day, just talking about toilets. Use your own discretion and come with us on a bit of a dive under the U-Bend this week. Other than that, thank you very much for continuing to listen. We are approaching the end of the lockdown season. Uh, More news to come on what lies ahead, but there will be stuff ahead, so please do keep listening. If you wouldn't mind continuing to be excellent on social media, liking, subscribing, and rating us and reviewing us on iTunes, that would be amazing. Anyway, I've waffled for far too long now. Enjoy the episode, and as ever, keep flushing. Talking Toilets with Alex Hope and William Smith. Welcome to Talking Toilets. Hello, welcome. Welcome. Welcome, but also toilet news. Toilet news. Oh, structure is being rewritten. Uh, but then yeah. the structure of all of our lives has dramatically changed consistently. So hopefully exactly. this will so actually mirrors life. Mirrors life. So hopefully it will be this weird kind of parallel subversion and, of expectations, and things will feel slightly more normal. Now this week, my toilet news comes from the Evening Standard, which I have to say boo, honestly, boo, I'm, yeah, I know, boo. and also I'm even more pissed off with the Evening Standard because so I live opposite a tube station, uh, so I live opposite Tufnell Park. Tufnell Park is closed down. It will consistently be closed down until the economy properly restarts again. As a result, the Evening Standard have been drop instead of dropping their papers at the station, which they can't do anymore. They put them through all of our letterboxes. Oh, that's really is- inconsiderate. Well, it's a, it's a service that we haven't asked for. It's somebody else's putting their bacterial viral hands and things, yes. you know, spreading things around. And, and due also, to the content, it might be considered uh, basically fascism. defecation. Fascism, yeah, defecation. but definitely <laughs> defecation. It's disgusting. But anyway, I thought I'd bring this to the party um, this week. Yeah, well, it's very on, on point. Very on point. Uh, so the headline of the article is Trump toilet paper to go on sale in Mexico. <laughs> have you have you heard of this? Have you heard no, of this? No, I haven't. No? What, what okay. a terrific find! Cool. Yeah, I know. So the first thing is when you think about it, yeah. you think, "What the fuck is this man doing trying to market toilet paper to the people that he hates?" And absolutely. You know. So, and then when you read, like, let me. Okay, I a hope Mexican... you. I hope you fulfil my expectations of the second thing I was thinking of as well. So, excellent. Fine. So, Mexican lawyer Antonio Bataglia is set to launch a toilet paper brand of Trump in his home country later this year. So the product will use the slogans, softness without borders. And this is the wall that, yes, we will pay for. So, I mean, basically, it's just the man is making toilet paper 
um, and just taking the piss out of Trump and is just trying to make money for it. But good. he is... Yeah, good. Oh, good on him. But he is going to give 30% of all profits to organisations helping migrants entering the US, which I think is brilliant. Excellent um, as well. And the other amazing thing about this article, I mean, one, the branding is on top. It's basically, the, I know around the UK, I, when I went to, um, I can't remember what march it was. I think it might have been one of the Extinction Rebellion ones. There was, mm. This was ages ago. There was a man outside the Houses of Parliament with a stool and it had a Trump toilet paper. Right, um, you know, was, and the idea is that you'd wipe your ass with the Trump toilet paper, right, okay, and he and he was the thing is the what was awful is that he was saying that he was giving money to mental health charities through you see you buy the toilet paper and then you're also donating to the charity, and it turned out it was a con. He was just selling, yeah, he was just selling toilet paper. Um, but anyway, yeah, people extortion, extortion, extortion. Especially with Trump's face on, it's the perfect form of extortion. You've got the toilet paper, so the idea. It's, I think it was, yeah. There is kind of like wonderful nuance there. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's a really good idea. Is a toilet paper is, is like the the brand with Trump's face and hair on it with a big big thumbs Fantastic. up. Fantastic, and the brand is going to be called Puros Roros, which translates to. Pure rolls and pure nonsense, which is reams wonderful. and reams of the stuff. Reams yeah. and reams of the stuff. Excellent. The, yeah, that's fantastic. The the I think overall the best part of this is that you know Trump's name is everywhere. Yeah, he's like Trump's. Yeah, yeah, even before he was the pre, you know the president, Trump's name is everywhere. It's on his building. It's in his liquidated casino. It's fucking everywhere. On his stakes. Um, and on his stakes, yeah, on that chicken thing, you know, he just he just is a marketing machine, mm. and he does his best to prevent his name from being anywhere that it shouldn't, you know. And equally, he's trying. I know that you know. It says here that you know Trump trademarks have spread throughout the world, um, and brands bear his name, and he's even gone after those people who have used their own name as Trump as marketing, and he sued them because he's the one that's trademarked his own name. Yes. Um, but this lawyer trademarked Trump toilet paper in 2015, oh, which, wow. me, which means that he's had that trademark for five years, meaning that, he, that that gives him certain <laughs> um, structures to be able to start releasing it in the U.S., Oh, brilliant. So it's going to go across the border as well. So it's, so it's going to be able to go across the border. Well, listen, if anything, it's going to be a perfect decoration for any wall that will be built, which is no wall, because I'm sure they probably can't afford any wall at the moment. Oh, absolutely um, not, no. But listen, I'm just, I think that's fantastic. I support this guy's endeavours. I'd love to get a roll of it myself. I wonder, though, has he, like, stolen the brand... In terms of like the name, have you seen? Can I the let name? me I, let me share my screen? Yeah, okay. Let me share my screen because I want to see that block capital. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's. I think he smashed it. Yeah, I think so. So on he's the been... toilet paper is the actual logos. Him translated into Spanish. Yeah. Right. Okay. But it's also Trump all he's doing, paper. all he's, well, the way he's going to have to play it. I mean, one, it you have faith, just the fact that he's a lawyer and also the fact that he planned this five years ago. So that's yeah. part of part of where we get the faith from. Um, but also when you look at it, you know, like um, there used to be a grenadine called William. It used to be just called William was the brand of the grenadine. 
Okay. And it was just and it was just a guy going with a thumbs up, very similar to this. And it's like, you know, you're not suggesting that Donald Trump is anything to do with this. You've just coincidentally decided that your brand is called Trump and you think Trump, because a Trump is a far, isn't it? Yeah. Really? You're trumping about, you're trumping, you're farting everywhere. Uh, is it in America? It definitely is in Britain. Like a, unless, uh, unless, like, he's somehow managed to, like, mind wash everybody. I can't, it must well, have like been Like a men American in black phrase. sort of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A, re- a neuralizer, were they called? I mean, if you watch, if you watch five minutes of Fox News, Sean Hannity or um, that awful guy Bill O'Reilly, I don't know if he's still on it, but if you watch five minutes of that stuff, it is like being brainwashed. Yeah, and 100%. I mean, people will say that about left news sources, but I just don't like the everything's shiny and everything's like an explosion of news or like a sort of like you know crisis of news. And a crisis of opinion, whereas like, don't we want to, don't we want to talk to each other and ask questions and like make sure we're making the right decision? Not everything should be like an explosion of opinion. It should be like satire. The next level of your decision, it's like, does it pass the litmus test of, it, are people laughing at this just because you've come up with it? Yeah, are, are yeah, yeah. people laughing at you because you are parodying yourself? I've just looked up the um, where the word Trump came from. You're absolutely right. It's an English word, and it comes from triumphant. Oh. Um, so it comes from triumph and victory. Oh, what um, lovely so the, so etymology. The, so the Latin triumphus, um, which I think is excellent, because it's also it's that idea that quite often a lot of our um, derogatory terms come from something that's positive and something yeah. that's positive and something positive that is you know it's like pork barreling so i learned what i learned what i was there's pork barreling which is you know what pork bar- barreling is is it does, no? it does it does it include pigs no uh, well kind of it would have done so it's you would do something good in your constituency um and you know your constituents you know you would therefore if you were good with your budgets, you would then give out pork barrels to people. <laughs> what, barrels like of that. pork? Yeah, yeah bar- barrels of pork. And then, yeah, <laughs> and then, and then, so then, so it started off as a positive thing, and then yeah. suddenly it became trying to win people's votes. Right, so all, people were giving those, away pork by, barrels before by, they won the vote. Precisely. To right, like, okay. You know, so, to, yeah, to please voters or legislators to win So votes. Trump has basically done that. He's taken what is joyous about the shittest parts of our humanity and he's he's basically become one long, unfunny fart. Correct, yes. Which is exactly why we need the Trump toilet paper. Yeah. Um, so just make sure we're all protected. And to Honestly, reclaim the word, of course, because we're going to need to work on that, aren't we? And we should yeah. definitely bring Trump toilet paper over to the UK in some way to yeah, start definitely. a craze so I'll that we can reclaim them. the word. Yeah, fuck it. I like, that, I like that Trump is based from triumph because it's like there is that slight feeling, even if you're in a place where you shouldn't be farting. Mm. that trumping is like farting is there, there is something to celebrate about it because there is oh look there's that toilet brush as well that you saw on the floor oh, i forgot that we're sharing so i'm still showing my screen yeah so this is the that's that's the toilet brush 
but it didn't have the holder. Right, so it should have had an orange holder, of course. That, that's exactly what it was. I was just looking to see whether we could buy this exact branded toilet paper. We can't. I think you Where's have to put the poo? A- Amazon dot Mez. <laughs> Uh, Mexico. Anyway, what toilet news have you brought to the occasion? Okay, so my toilet news this week uh, is your fault, Will. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. It's it's in the Financial Times. Unfortunately, they haven't got an expose with you, but I'm I'm here to to paxman you and give you the hard fucking line. Yeah, bring it on. Yeah, I'm fine. I've got no issue with that. Uh, the UK sewage plants they fear a deluge of stale beer, according to the Financial Times. Writes Gil Plummer and Alice Hancock. Great names. Uh, There is a rush to replace stock ahead of pubs reopening, Uh and that raises the prospect of environmental damage through oxygen depletion and also uh, the destruction of microorganisms that digest the sewage in processing facilities. So I didn't know this, but apparently... There are very small bugs that break down effluent, which is just waste liquid, at treatment plants. And the beer, any sudden release of it, it could overwhelm those bugs. So presumably they become drunk, which should be a good thing. But instead, they're not doing their job and the sewage (laughs) system becomes overrun. Also, if you release beer into open stretches of natural water, which I assume some back garden piss poor brewery in you know in a rundown no, part of the I, I country. imagine loads of loads of people are doing that i imagine that can damage the uh marine life by depleting the oxygen levels in the water killing fish and plants wow um, and i've heard of a a, a drunken bass but, but wait I, hang on so when you say the when they're just putting it straight down the drain uh yeah if they do it without treatment directly into rivers and beaches Oh, directly into rivers and beaches. But that's sewage as well. So it's like it's the overflowing of those, uh, you know, ill-treated sewage plants that causes sewage to overflow into natural. Because then the main the main question there comes from, for me at least, comes from the similar place for when we discovered that when it rains, sewage overflows overflows into the Thames. Yeah. So it's like you know, why are these? Why are our treatment centres complete? Are not why? Why are they not of high technological advancement? Why are they not able to deal with what should have been predicted, which is that there's you know, an entire industry is going to go bankrupt and is. I think I can answer this question. It's been poorly funded by the ten years of austerity by the Conservatives. Yeah, that and just capitalism, mate. Profit. Profit yeah. should be used to sort out the problems of the world. I don't know why it stopped in the sort of post <laughs> post industrial revolution, you know, beginning of war. We just started arms racing when we should mm-hmm. have actually been continuing, you know, the great exposition lifestyle of the world, which is like how good can your fucking, you know, social constructions be? How can you create nirvana? Like, how well can you do it? How cheaply can you do it? How happy can everyone be? That's what we should all be doing. And instead, we're all locked inside, coughing our lungs up. Or not. Hopefully not. Well, hopefully not. But, I mean, we're going to go back straight back into air pollution levels. And, you know, there's just everything is shit all the time. And uh, <laughs> the, the beer shouldn't be creating problems either. I think but you need it to is. look at your life. I think you need to look at your life if you think everything is shit all the time. I've only just started going back to work, however, and I feel that everything's shit all the time. Okay, so, so, so at least I've so got I've, you on side for the first 
five days. Yeah, of... <laughs> so there might be a direct correlation here between the fact that you're working and I'm now working and everything's become <laughs> shit all the time. Yeah. It's awful, isn't it? There yeah. was like this there was this like sense of being uh, preoccupied, which I quite like. So there's I only ever use the word preoccupied like mentally, yeah. like you know, as like a negative thing. But then suddenly I realised that I was preoccupied with tasks to do. I had yeah. loads of minor tasks to do. And no matter how much I did it, I... I, I you keep worked. adding to the list. It, yeah, it, no, I never finished. And yeah. it became this sense, This I quite liked the permanence of it. It reminded me that my career is just constant reminder of failure, and that you're just, <laughs> oh, and that you're just gonna, you're just gonna keep like kind of clawing up the mountain, yeah, um, hoping that there's um, huge amounts of sales at the top of it. Yeah, sales, sales, and 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 uh, shortfalls of luck. Right. Oh, I found a quid. But really, what you discover is when you get to the top of that mountain. Um, your the people above you have just rewritten the laws of nature. Yes, and and you're now on uh, zero sea, like zero sea level, and yes. you've got to climb. You've got to climb even further. Yeah, that reminds me of being in the the scouts, uh, and we did a we went to the Lomond Hills, which in when you say it, it sounds like you're going to see this beautiful loch, and it's going to look very <laughs> yeah. beautifully Scottish. But I think the route that we were taken up was a particular choice of the scout leader who was like quite a slave driver I want to say like um but you know anyone who's engaged in any any form of cadet will will be laughing at me uh saying this but you know I look after myself okay but like <laughs> the the hills that we were climbing have you heard of a blind summit of course you have so like you no, climb, you don't think so you so. climb over. Oh, but you can't, you can't see the top. Where you can't going. see the top. So you see a top, and then you climb over that, and then there's another top. And uh-huh. I just, I remember that happening at least four times, and being like, no, I'm just gonna walk down the hill. I'm just gonna walk down because that's a long. I now know that that's all downhill, uh-huh. and I, I've now reached two peaks basically because yeah, yeah, even yeah. though I haven't reached the top. It depends what you're doing it for. Like, if you're doing it for the exercise, then stop once you've kind of had enough. If you're doing it for the view, you keep going. Yeah, of course. And like now, I would definitely do it for the view. But if we go back to the if we go back to the metaphor, yeah. Sorry, of course, there isn't a view. It's (laughs) it's a reverse mountain. Yeah. That you climb backwards, and then because it's in an hourglass shape, it flips upside down and crushes you. When I'm in a sorry, I was I just got lost then in my That's own life. When I when I when I climb, when I do like a really big, I think because as a, my sensibilities in life are quite simple, right? Like in terms of what pleasures them, yes. Um, when when I after I've climbed like a really big, I, I've achieved something big. Yeah, you know, I've yeah. exerted energy. I want to have a nice beer or cocktail or just something alcoholic that's cold and refreshing. My God, I want to have a cigarette, which I'm not allowed to have anymore. No, and you and never I really want, want that. And I, Oh, yeah, you do, man. I always, yeah, yeah. always want trouble, that sweet, sweet nicotine. Sweet. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just want to then suddenly destroy my like um, senses and just kind of lull in the moment that I'm in. Yes, and it's just I can you can never do that because you're not going to fucking carry like a huge bottle, a huge cooler with ice no. and beer. It's no. that that final experience. 
Anyway, Talking Toilet says, please climb hills and drink responsibly. Yes. Or just don't do either of those. Th- no, don't or don't climb hills, but drink responsibly. Yes, yeah, drink responsibly. Pretend you don't have you've climbed to climb a hill. hills. No, you don't. Yeah, There's already that. enough hills in life that you know. Oh God. Yeah, that's what. That's Unless... what. That's effectively what I was trying to put forward. Is that it doesn't matter about <laughs> the hill you've climbed. There's a range of hills behind it that are just coming at you thick and fast. And, Brilliant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so how's your week been, Will? All one big blur. I mean, I'm now back to work, just in terms of what's different with me. Um, how does it feel to walk past the rainbows in windows uh, and thank you key workers banners that are strewn across the streets and just know that that isn't there for you? It's, I don't, do you know what? I, I look at it and for me, I actually, if it's... I look, I, my thing is, is I look at it and I try to guess if it's being done a by a kid in primary yeah. school. B, in by, which case, like, is it okay? Is it all right? Well, no, is it no, no. Well, but then no, I, I never get past the question: Do I think it's been done by a kid? Do I think it's been done by an adult pretending to be a kid? Is it done by somebody with learning difficulties? Is it done by somebody who a child who's been forced to do it? When I see two different ones in the window, I think about the competition between the two different age groups of the child. When I see one that is perfect and like completely symmetrical, I'm going right. Either that's an adult doing it, or it's like a kid that's autistic and they're they're <laughs> trying to like project their autism out into the world to try to yeah it's bizarre i don't honestly mind the thing i don't understand is why we're allowed to open yes um, because it's there was a really good like meme going around which i which i respect we talked about the idea you and i many moons ago probably yeah. episode three yeah. about how you know my hope for the future is that i wanted memes to yes actually, yeah uh, yeah it, a meme is not the end of the process of progression. No, it's um, a call to arms in a way. Yeah, hundred percent. And it was the it was basically like a picture of Boris Johnson holding two pints, and it was like, right, go to the pub, <laughs> but only go to the pub if you can't drink at home. Um, you know that one essentially. Yeah, and if you and can't drink at home, do this, you, do that. If you can't, if you can't drink at home, then go to yes, Barnard Castle. Yes, yes, you could go to the pub, but if you yes. go to the pub, you need to make sure you stay one meter away, unless that is that you get so drunk that you, you're having to walk somebody home. But you need yeah. to make sure that even though while you're drunk, <laughs> you need to stay alert because that's what the advice is. So, on, so only essential drinking. One meter away. At, do you know what I mean? It's just a we'll save. Sense. We'll save lives. We'll and then, and then, right. <laughs> we'll what what lives. was missing from that meme, though? I think I saw it on your story. Was yes, please, yeah. please drink responsibly at the bottom, just to ah. add insult to injury. Well, my favorite. I think. It, I yeah. No, I think that's right. But I I liked the way it ended because it was like. Um, Oh, and there will be a clap at 2 a.m. on a Thursday for the poor bartenders that earn a pittance to serve you your drinks. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Because it's the, you know, like... That bell should be a harbinger of um, of joy and celebration for you. And don't worry, I'll, I'll try and start the cheer. I promise. Yeah. Try and start the Mexican distance wave. It's going to be awful. But it's also, it's things like, you know... It's difficult to quantify uh, extortion, especially when it's happening to you. And, you know, this week, I'm easily going to push doing 65 hours on my 48-hour contract. Uh-oh. And that will put me way below minimum wage. Yes. 
uh, as as the high as as the mo- person most responsible in the business. <sighs> what can you do, eh? Well, listen. When I see rainbows and uh, thank you, key worker banners, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know what it really means to me. Um, because of all the work that I do that's so dangerous and, uh, you know, life-threatening and, and uh, life-saving as well. Um, uh-huh. I feel nothing. I feel dead inside. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like a rainbow is drawn within me and um, it's, it's monochrome, black and white. It's like a black going through grey to white. It's, uh, yeah, that's how I feel. Brilliant. Suck it. Is there anything you want to add? So yeah, uh, yeah, not a lot has happened to me this week. So I've uh, done the the right thing and um, looked at a few headlines. It, this headline is from last week, and it was sort of slipping through my left middle class metropolitan North London flat bubble. Uh, it's from. Bloomberg and it the title is Italy had coronavirus in its sewage as early as December study says uh which is confusing because I thought everything kicked off in February and I thought those things saying uh we all had coronavirus in like January and February in the UK was just like sort of hearsay and it was just people thinking that their cold was pretty bad but it does make you think doesn't it that if you can look at something that is effectively like carbon dating the last six months uh-huh. through people's feces, like God bless those people that are doing that job. And, you know, you've tested in two places, it was Turin and Milan, this was found to be the case, that it was in early December that yeah. uh, coronavirus was first there and their wave was in February. So that's three months difference. Well, it brings up a lot of questions, doesn't it? I mean, I do think it is important, the idea that, you know, if you're able to assess kind of like the bacteria and viral health of your, I don't know, of like a, of a country or an area, yeah, just by, just by having some form of monitoring of the sewer system, um, then it makes sense, doesn't it? It should be something, you know, at least it should be something that is an ongoing process just, yeah. to, pre- just to predict. But then I suppose I don't, I don't have enough knowledge to know, is it easy to be able to... Do you have to know what you're looking for? Well, presumably, no, yes. They had, like, cross samples. Because if they were if they were able to find the C19 in December... Yeah. They wouldn't have been looking for coronavirus in December. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. So they weren't looking for it then. You're quite right. Um, but then they went back and looked at the samples? Just to clarify, they've, they take samples all the time and they keep them on file... And oh, so I think they've been. They? That's yeah, it's, uh, it's not a great uh, library to be in, if I'm being honest. Oh, I think that's a great idea. I mean, it is amazing, but just imagine if you stumbled in there uh, on like a bad trip, and uh, you're just surrounded by walls and walls of tubes containing poo. That'd be fucking terrifying. Uh, I think but- I, my, I initially wouldn't think it was poo, and would investigate further. <laughs> I think. Would you would you start with a scratch and sniff, or would you go straight for the? Oh, these look like nice chocolatey truffles. Treats, yeah. mousses. Well, basically, the idea is that they keep them all on file, and they have tested, backdated to December that the traces were actually there. So, my thoughts on this is that there is a possible positive. And a more likely negative that comes out of this, which is we are so 
possibly continuously going to be inundated by this for the next, you know, however many months. If we can't really sort it out, we don't understand how it spreads and we don't really understand, you know, what the danger is in terms of like waves flaring up and flaring down, whether we should be relaxing anything at all until it's eradicated or there's a vaccine. And that's the bad part of it. And the good part is potentially all those colds that people said they had pretty badly in January in this country and December may have been the beginnings of like, you know, getting the first wave out. And there's, you know, there's no which way... Is of... what, and that, which is what I massively disagree with, that idea. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think that could be... I, I don't think... Uh, one, it was, you know, you base discover um, the virus. They base discovered it for, in China, didn't they? They, worked, they yeah. managed to work it out. Late December, wasn't it? Yeah. And then, and then as a result, the way things kind of spread, they don't suddenly, you know, the coronavirus is the way that it attacks you, the way that it shuts down your kind of, your, your breathing, your lungs, the way that it affects, you know, we, how do I describe this? We would have been aware if it had hit us. It's not yeah. something that, oh, oh, herd immunity had already begun in January and in February, and then it just got a bit worse in March. It's like, well, no, as soon as it hits you, it hits you. Yeah. It might, it might have, it will have started to grow. Of course it would have done. And there will have been the odd people. But, you know, from there, because they've been doing antibody tests, which they've been doing antibody tests, and they've been doing plenty of, um, uh, you know, kind of just testing all the time. Well, at least they've, they've finally got up to the mark. Mm. Um, and they've, you know, just through their um, kind of data pooling, they've worked out that about six percent, I think six percent, like around six percent, it varies across the country has have has had the coronavirus. Has had it, yeah. Which is still a minimal percent, isn't it? It's well, it's a minimal percent, and you would have imagined that that figure would be a lot higher if it had already started in December. Yeah. Well, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Who Who, knows? This is I, the point. This is the point. Who fucking knows? I hear loads of people when I walk past on the street mention that they've they oh I had it back then oh fucking yeah. Karen said that she had it then I even I I've got a mate who said that he's he's almost he lives in a warehouse in uh, in like Manor Park and it's kind of constant communal living it's in if one person contracted it they all would it would be impossible for them not to um, just because it's kind of illegal living but yes it's kind of legal yeah um, a lot of shared surfaces precisely everything mm. shared. Um, so yeah, so I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? It's just it just came as a bit of a shock because it's like, how do we really know that this thing isn't going to keep going and going and going and going and going? On the other hand, how do we know it's not going to stop soon? Like this is the weird thing. <laughs> it won't. Yeah, I do. Just won't. It's going to go. On. <laughs> I don't. I, I. I'd be. I'd be very surprised if there. If it's possible to get a vaccine. Um, if it, if there is a vaccine, it's it's not going to come in twenty twenty one. If it does, it's going to be towards the end of the year. Yeah. Um, the, the UK economy at least can't cope with another lockdown. So people, even if there is a second wave, people are just going to die. Um, hey, hey. Oh, sorry. Positive positive positive, 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 positive. At this point in the journey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We like to discuss toilets that um, are of yesteryear, potentially, or are of note, or are just the, you know, the shining examples of a certain topic picked at random, which today is 
luxury toilets. Luxury. Luxury. Got to have some consistency in the structure, haven't you? Topic you, toilet you always last. Always last. Well, I look forward to it most. My life and history of luxury toilets isn't a big one. In fact, my in fact, it's a doesn't exist. Is that because you're a fucking pro? I think it's no. I think it just doesn't exist. I don't think a luxurious toilet exists. You go in there and you defecate and you piss. Anything? What's luxurious about it for me? If there's if there's soap, if there's a sink, if there's a sink that's at least three meters away from the toilet. Yeah. If if I'm able to if I if I enter and it's clean and I leave and it's clean, it's fully stocked. It smells nice. There's there's light. There's natural light. That's what I find luxurious about toilets. Okay, so you're looking at more of the luxuriance rather than the lu- like the lux like the luck a, a, a deluxe toilet as it. So were. when you so when <laughs> so when you think so when you say luxury toilet, you think like, like it's been made. Five, it's like been slapped up. Five star hotel, basically. Yeah, toilet. Um. The feeling works. Give me no, your example. Give me your example. The feeling works because aura and environment are the two points, isn't it? So, like, we're we're both bringing something different. You're well, the, bringing the whole point of topic is experience. that we're not gonna. Is yeah, that is that we're not gonna. You know, whatever you bring, whatever I bring. You know, I'm right, you're wrong. That's just how it works. Fair so enough. If you could, <laughs> so what toilet? What toilet? Do you find luxurious? Okay, so I'm kind of stealing a few elements from different toilets, but the the idea is it's in a hotel or a restaurant, and the one I've got in mind... Okay, good. So there is one in mind. You're not picking loads of different elements. There is one in mind, mind. and that's in... Can't make your own. Brasserie Zadel, which is a restaurant uh, sort of extravaganza, uh, extravaganza... Uh-huh. A restaurant extravaganza in Soho, uh, uh-huh. Piccadilly, actually. And it's basically like a three-venued uh, uh, restaurant place. It's got a, a like a little bistro at the top, which is like a cafe bistro. It looks very Parisian. And then downstairs, you're like fully smacked in the face with an Art Deco sort of chandelier as you sort of walk down this curving staircase into the sort of foyer where there's a cloakroom and it's all in French. Everything's tatted up to the eyeballs like with Art Deco. Uh, You've got a massive dining room, which is beautiful. It looks like it was on the Titanic. It's that that kind of thing. Like it looks... Yeah, white, gold. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's opulence. And then you've got all the waiters swanning around in like crisp, uh, you know, starched white shirts and, uh, you know, quite... Have you ever been to Betty's Tea Rooms in York? They all wear these, like... It looks a bit sort of like s and I love the idea that, like, I live in London and I've lived in London for nine years and like, I've never mentioned I've gone to York, yet you think I'm more likely to go to a tea rooms than I am to have gone to this Brazier. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Way. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like different sides of the coin isn't it go on so and then in the uh the other side of the dining room is the the like crazy cox cabaret room which is like a a cocktail bar it's very glamorous no wait it's like it's like a it's like a cabaret bar and then there is a cocktail lounge which is really nice and then finally you're presented with the toilets and Uh 
The lighting is very low. The decor is like a sort of really dark wood. God bless you. God bless you. Gesundheit. Thank you. And it's a very dark wooded panelled with some glass separating the urinals like with the wood panelling and it's very dark and dim. The tiling on the floor is very like neat. Everything is just very it looks like it was designed like without even the toilet being in mind and that you know you're in there to, to go to the toilet but it looks like a different room than a toilet. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. In a nice way not in a way that's like don't come in here. It's it's evil. It's disgusting. Uh, or like, you know, like a, a, a toilet with like fluorescent lights and tiles in the ceiling. I hate those. Yeah, yeah. It's like a more inviting sort of, this is a sort of, this looks like a Turkish bath. So like it might be a changing rooms or it might be like, a, you know, it, it's nice. And the elements that I'm going to incorporate into this room, one of which it already has is, and this is really bad, and I know that at Talking Toilets we're proponents of recyclable means of drying your hands and energy-efficient ways, but it's like you get a towel that you dry your hands with uh-huh. and then you throw it in a in a washing-up bin. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's probably wasting so much water when they get washed. But it's, I, I'm guessing it's along with all the linen in the restaurant. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, that is the kind of thing you need for luxury. It sounds lovely. It sounds... I So, I... While you told that story... You were yawning, yes. No! Because... <laughs> no, no, no. It gave... It reminded me of a moment where I had something... So, at first I was thinking how is there this grand huge place in soho because like i've been out, i go out in soho loads and it's always tiny bars do you know what i mean tiny cocktail things oh it's hidden Everything away it's hidden squeezed. away is it okay well, yeah. that's amazing so that's that one that was my first thought but then i had this memory of um and this wasn't the toilet i was going to talk about but i was walking um i was going to so my uh, company also owns a place in um I suppose it's near brick lane kind of like area yeah. And I, I got out the station at Bank and I'd been drinking quite a lot because I'd, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd gone to like a training session beforehand and then I had this meeting. And the training session was um, loads of different uh, spirit providers had turned up with their... And, you know, I'd, I'd tried about 15 different cocktails but had only like sipped them. Mm. Um, but then I, but I find it very difficult to sip cocktails. So I basically yeah, that'll still do too, it. I basically drank too much um, and was on my way. And I was walking down the street in Bank, like heading towards Brick Lane. Um, and there was a man, you know, like in a, a black coat, had a hat. He was the concierge or whoever he was, you know, standing outside the doorman. Okay. Um, and because I was going to a meeting and it was like with all the head off, it was like, you know, one of my, probably my third week in as a general manager. I probably looked quite smart. Um, I did have my backpack on. Um, but I, I was like, oh, mate, do you mind if I use the toilet? And he was like, uh, are you? Do you have a an invitation? I went, yeah, yeah, of course I do. He was like, yeah, okay, cool, great, no problem. <laughs> Open the door and then I walk, and you walk in, and it was this. So it looks like you were walking into an office or right. like a, an office slash somebody's home, like almost like you're know, like a, a zone two accountants okay. kind of thing. 
Do you know right. what I mean? Like you don't you don't think anything amazing's happening. Yes. And I entered, and it was this huge room, huge, like yeah. un, like unfathomably huge, ornate in the middle of the room. Unfathoming, unfathoming. In the middle of the room was this circle stage raised above, almost like something you'd see in the eighties, like in an eighties London kind of style vibe. With um, a, like so, there was a, a pianist, a celloist, and a singer. Just all of there, just like playing music, but very softly. It's very, very nice. Ah. Um, and you had people on the left drinking, people on the right drinking, people in front of you eating, yes. all around this kind of huge circle. And I just, you know, bumped into one of the waiters, and I just said, "Where's the toilet?" And he went down the stairs. You know, I at no point didn't feel as if I wasn't welcomed, but I definitely was didn't belong there. Okay. It was that. Went down the stairs with these like huge marble stairs with there not being a single sign for the toilet. How anybody knows where it is, I'm not sure. <laughs> then I was presented with four kind of like mahogany doors um, and you're just looking at them not knowing what to do. No signage. And it, no, there's no signage. But then suddenly there's a man behind me who's kind of running down the stairs and he apologises because he's just like, oh, sorry, he's clearly the doorman. Um, and he goes, would you like to order a drink? And I go, I, no, I'd like to use the toilet. And he goes, well, do you want me to like deliver the, a drink arrive for you after you've finished the toilet? And I go, no, I, I really, <laughs> I really need to be. Um, so he, you know, points to one of the doors. And then I go in, and I go in, and it's this huge kind of marble room with you know lovely urinals. All the everything is mahogany. Everything. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, dim lighting, I pee. And then as soon as I pee, I run the hell out of there. One, because I didn't feel I belonged. And two, because um, I was late for my meeting. Um, but the whole experience I thought was wonderful. And, you know, being in a huge room with this kind of like, it was almost as if I'd gone back in time. It was magical. Yeah. But the, the one thing I found most fascinating is that I've never uh, reached a level of opulence, opulence, um, I've never reached a level of opulence where I've had um, a waiter manning the toilet door, mm. offering to deliver a drink to my table for when I've finished urinating. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. I mean, it is amazing. It's like, you know, cutting journeys down in a in a pub or a bar, you know, which it's, is what it's it would be called. But it also is efficient. The am- but the amount of people, customers there were, Mm. Buying extortionate drinks, all kind of. Hair. It was a huge room, but it was packed. There was loads of people there, all dressed in tuxedos and lovely dresses, and it was, you know, it was wonderful. It was like I'd gone back in time. Mm. But they were they were clearly spending a lot of money, and they're able to spend their labour having a man man the doors. It's wonderful. Anyway, that's that's the most. I was going to tell a story about when I went to a nice hotel and they mistook me for somebody else and upgraded me. And then it turned out they didn't mistake me for somebody else. It was just a ploy that they do. Oh, so you got an upgrade? I got an I got an upgrade basically. But the bathroom, the the reason they gave me an upgrade is because the bathroom didn't function properly. The lovely bath, which had all the spa things, didn't work. Oh, um, so it was like so. It's like, oh, they got the spa. And he was like, yeah, that's kind of why we gave you the upgrade. And it's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> it, it did have its own private mini pool though, looking out over the the mountains of Turkey from Greece. So listen, I've never I've never had an upgrade ever. I, I'm jealous whenever I hear that that you know sort of Exists. newfangled thing happens. The only time I've experienced it, and I don't really count this, is when my train is overbooked and I get pushed into first class. And then I get a free a free bottle of water 
An upgrade by default. Yes, an upgrade <laughs> by default, which doesn't feel like very, you know, special. Sorry, that reminds me again. I remember I was going, I was on a train going to the Edinburgh Festival. I can't remember what play I was in, but I think it might have been Spring Awakening. And the um, and it was so hot, it was just boiling. And the at the beginning, yeah, they come round with bottles of water. Yeah, they came around with bottle, bottles of water and like a handheld fan. And it was like that was the it was like well instead of giving me some form of refund on my ticket because it's unfathomably hot and you've oversubscribed <laughs> the train, you're just going to give me a bit of non like recyclable plastic and a tiny bottle of water that's going to make me want more. Yes, and that it's also non-recyclable. And it's also non-recyclable <laughs> because they anyway. don't have any recycle. Yeah, um, yeah. There, so listen, there we go. we've given the impression to all our listeners that we care not for luxury that much, uh, more so than we care for just being able to go back to a pub and have a wee there. That's true. I also really care for the unknown. Like yes. I had, I had, I and it was quite magical. Like it was serendipitous, just kind of like tripping over a dorm and asking if I could go to the toilet. Yeah, he knew the man knew I wasn't invited in. He kind of looks at me in a cheeky way and was like, "Are oh, you invited?" As if to say, just say yes, and you can go and use the toilet. Right. And I then ran in and used the toilet, and it was really wonderful. It was. I felt very lucky to have. It, Did you it, feel a little just, bit like you were, you know, being taken up a rung? Like not to, not, not at, at all. all. I think. I, I think maybe what I didn't say in the story or what I didn't emphasize uh, enough was my need and urgency to pee. Yes. I was I was very much I need to pee. I'm going right. wow look how Wherever. amazing this place is. Yeah, right. Okay. Why, so it's like a by why, why is this man asking me if I need to drink? What like my table number no I need to go to the toilet. But having um, said that you love the idea of the unknown like there are so many toilets I want to try in Japan. Like after yeah. all I've heard and I'm sure there's luxuriant toilets and just luxury toilets yeah a plenty um yeah cool all right so yeah sweet luxury brilliant so do you have any hopes for the future not particularly no i don't at all i just uh want the i don't know what i want six months you want you want to leave in six months i want to leave in six months i want to be by the sea i want to be able to afford a place that has a garden i want to have an extra room that i don't need oh i want i want to have a simple i want to cycle instead of getting the tube that's a good idea i want to live in a city that doesn't make me feel like i'm gonna die on the roads I want to live in a city with uh, six hundred thousand people instead of eleven million. That's what's that's what I want. Yeah, that's a good idea. I want um. I want to uh, go to a gig. I want to go to a jazz club. That'd be fun. Oh, in Paris. Yeah, where they still let you smoke inside, even though that doesn't oh. happen in Paris. They- Maybe we should go. Uh, the last should... time I smoked in a pub, it was in Germany, in an Irish bar. <laughs> really? <laughs> and I had a Guinness really? upstairs with my uh, my acting friend Angus, uh, great stand-up comic Angus Dunican, who I hope we can get on the show at some point. That'd be great. Uh, and he sat there watching me smoke a cigarette because he doesn't smoke. 
And I was like, I'd really like to go to this park because it, it's the only one that does Guinness. We were sat there with two Guinnesses and I was just sat there. It was so sad. <laughs> it was so sad. It was like so quiet. Just like... Lovely. Well, this is this is as good as it was cracked up to be by everyone who was alive in the 90s. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, yeah, not many hopes for the future. Great. My hope for the future is that we can smoke inside again. <laughs> bring, it, bring, bring back our smoking. Wonderful. Well, I mean, we really hope you've enjoyed listening to our, <laughs> to our, to our depressing rambles this Should we week. call this the blue episode? I think it should be called the blue episode. Something, something to recognise that if you're having a bit of a down day... This might not be the episode. Okay, I'll put a disclaimer at the top. <laughs> the um, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, but yeah, great. Thank you very much for listening. If you have Thank enjoyed you. it, please check check out our socials. Yeah, uh, Instagram and Twitter, Talking Toilets underscore. And Facebook is Talking Tea Podcast, and you can email us at talkingtoiletspodcast at gmail And as always, don't be a prude. Don't be depressed <laughs> like us like us um you what you could do is do what will and i now have both decided to do and get a pet are you getting a pet uh so we might be so louisa got a friend who messaged her the other day um saying you need to look on this ad on facebook and it was basically like this guy who's got stage four cancer basically being like, I need someone to look after my dog when I go into the hospital. And it's a three-legged staffy called Bailey. And apparently she's 12 years old, so she's not the, the sprightliest thing. Oh, Bailey. But Bailey is welcome here if she so chooses and if she so sniffles and likes it. And uh, obviously, let's not forget Yuri? Yuki. Yuki, I'm sorry. Yuki. Who is Will's <laughs> delightful snow kitten? Um, good old Yuki. Good old Yuki. Love that. Love Yuki. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, lovely. Um, but yeah, yeah. And and if you, if you can drink at home, do it. Yeah. If you can't drink at home, then do your necessity drinking at a pub on the 4th of July. Specifically um, drink at Will's pub so that he remains in work and his... Oh, and oh, his... yeah. If you, Neighbour, neighbour in Kentish Town. If I haven't talked it down enough, come. Uh, right. <laughs> they have beer. Uh, they do have beer. And we do have toilets. And yeah. please remember to keep flushing.